Hello and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. Today we have an interesting episode uh, because Fort Meade has a new garrison commander. Uh, Colonel Christopher Nyland is an infantry officer hailing from Seattle, Washington. And now he gets to call Anne Arundel County home and Fort Meade home for the next few years. Colonel Nyland, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. I was excited when uh, when Chad Jones told me that we had our own podcast. I was excited to get over here and see what it was all about. Yeah, I, I have, it's my first experience on one of these. Hopefully, I don't mess it up too bad. Oh no, I'm sure <laughs> everything will be great. Everybody uh, who's here has been here for a while or is new here, you know, and they they're starting to understand Maryland and everything. But you're from Seattle, Washington. So what is your favorite thing from Seattle? Wow. So the, I'll tell you, the thing I loved about Seattle was you're living in the middle of a big city, but you've got the mountains right out your back door. Um, you can go hiking, snowboarding, whatever you wanted to do, just on a random whim. And then on the other side, you've got the ocean. You've got some good beaches. In the summer, you could you know, conceivably surf. Actually, there's a couple months a year where you could surf in the in the afternoon or in the mornings and snowboard in the afternoons because you wow. still got snow up on the mountains and, the, and but the water's warming up in the Pacific. So it was just all about the outdoors for me, but still being in a bigger city where you had access to you know the theater, the arts, the, those things that generally come with bigger cities. Yeah. You're gonna have all of that here, and some could argue that the way our weather changes on a dime come the, the <laughs> fall and winter, you could probably go out on the bay on the boat in the morning and go skiing somewhere in the afternoon. We have tons of hiking here, yeah. lots of cultural arts. You're only a few hours from New York City, but Annapolis, has a lot of great stuff to offer, and uh, so I think you're still going to get a lot of the hair. The mountains aren't quite as big as they probably are <laughs> um, in Seattle, yeah. uh, nonetheless, but you'll still get a lot of that awesome stuff here as well. Why did you join the military? <laughs> so I, I, am, I, am a, I am a classic use case. So um, I actually showed up to college. So I moved out of the house when I was 17 years old, um, showed up to college, and uh, was enrolled, everything was good. And then one day it just kind of hit me, how in the heck am I going to pay for all of this? (laughs) And so I ended up out in front of an ROTC building, and it was uh, was an old-school ROTC building. You had the Air Force on the top floor, the Navy and the Marines on the middle floor, and the Army down in the basement, and I was like, well... (laughs) You know, I've been part of the Army. I still have an Army ID card in my pocket, to be honest. I I was a dependent still. And I was like, and my feet just kind of took me downstairs to Army ROTC. And uh, and that's what started for me was a a fabulous career. I'll be honest, I never really intended to, you know, stay in for the long haul. Uh But about my second, the end of my second, the beginning of my third year in ROTC, I just caught the bug hook line and singer drank the juice yeah you were you were in absolutely i mean it was an incredible cadre a lot of great young officers they were young then now you know um but uh a lot of great young officers who got me really excited about leading soldiers and then that's and that's really what kept me in the army was the soldiers and uh and watching them grow and develop and being part of their growth and development it's just there's nothing better than watching a young you know, a young specialist, you know, coming from my career field, watching a young specialist turn, it, turn into a, 
a, a ranger tabbed E5 team leader mm. and knowing that you were part of that growth and development. I mean, that was just fabulous. And I believe you ran into one of your old ROTC buddies here at oh. Fort Meade, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. So uh, uh, Colonel Tracy Michael and I were, uh, were in ROTC together at the University of Washington. Uh, it was amazing to reconnect with him after, uh, I mean, it's, it's literally been probably 20 years since the last really? time we got to see each other That's and amazing. serve together. Um, but we fell into it almost immediately. Of course. My favorite story, and he's going to kill me for telling this one. <laughs> Please so, tell it. Tell it. Um, so he comes walking into, uh, we, were gonna, we were doing a town hall with uh, Colonel Sprague, his uh -huh. last town hall. And he comes walking into the building wearing a, wearing a face mask. But I recognize him immediately. I, I, I look at him. I'm like, Dude, you, you have not changed a bit since we were in our <laughs> seat together. And he laughs, and he's like, okay, whatever. And he sits down. And he takes his mask off to get ready for the uh, for the town hall, and he's shaved his mustache. He had this absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, like pencil thin mustache. He looked very <laughs> suave and debonair. In Do you college. have any pictures? I would be willing to bet I could dig them okay, out. Okay, I'm um, just saying fantastic. that yeah. could be some sure good social media that. fodder for sure. <laughs> Well, just be careful because we're going to get him on the podcast oh, too. Yes. So he'll have well, some time to come up with his yeah. Colonel Nyland stories. <laughs> well, I worry about that a little bit because he was a junior when I was a senior, and part of our job as seniors was to like uh, put the juniors <laughs> under pressure and then evaluate them. So I don't know. I he'll probably have some fun stories. <laughs> that sounds That's like fantastic. a whole separate podcast. Oh yes, I, I see an entire episode dedicated to this. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna skip ahead a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna come to where we are now. So you're, you're, you're stepping into this role as, as garrison commander. Um, I think what a lot of people are going to wonder is, is what is your command philosophy? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. I, I will tell you, when I was young and growing up, I, you know, I used to talk about a command philosophy. It's kind of ingrained in you. When I was a company commander, I had a command philosophy. When I was a battalion commander, I had a command philosophy. Um, but the Army has some opportunities for you. You know, they, they give you opportunities to really think and um, reflect and uh, be a little bit introspective. And one of those for me recently was my time at the Eisenhower School at the National Defense University. And um, I'll tell you, my thinking about that really kind of changed during my time there. And I'll tell you, for me, it evolved from a command philosophy into what I call a leader, a leader philosophy. Um, and it's, it's, it's subtle, but... Um, the differences are subtle, but I think they're important. Um, you know, as a, as a younger officer, I was able to lead through command authority. I mean, ultimately, you know, the organizations I led kind of, you know, in accordance with regulation and, and right. good order and discipline, my word was kind of law. Um, at this level, I do not have that opportunity. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the responsibilities that I have for, um, for all our, our tenants, our partners, our, our families, uh, command authority just doesn't cut it. I've got to, right. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've really got to lead a group of, of interested parties. I've got to try to gain consensus. Yeah. Right. Consensus. You know, young Captain Nyland would have said, no, I just make a decision and we move out, right? Right, yeah. right. Um, you know, so so when you make that transition from a, from a command philosophy to a leader philosophy, um, different things become important. Um, one thing that's remained the same, though, is, is trust. I mean, it, that sure. used to be part of my command philosophy, and I'll tell you, trust is the central point of my uh, leader philosophy even now. Um, another, another thing that takes a lot more prominence in, in my philosophy now is communication. 
you know, um, I, I call it, um, I use, I use a bunch of short, uh, phrases to kind of cue myself on my philosophy, but one, my one for communication is speak the truth. Mm-hmm. And most people go, oh, so that's about integrity. That's about it being, I was being honest. And yeah, that's part of it. It's an incredibly important part of it, but it's also about, um, telling people the hard things that they don't necessarily want to hear. Yeah. Exactly. It's also about being willing to listen when someone's <laughs> telling you the hard things that you don't necessarily want to hear. Right. Um, it's about being transparent. Um, it's about, um, it's about never, um, seeing something and going, well, you know, I, I probably shouldn't say something or, or that's, or that, you know, he knows that already. He doesn't right. need to hear that. Um, and so speak the truth as much about what I do, about what it, as it is about what I hope my uh, people working for and with me are doing also. You right. know? Um, so, th- I mean, trust, um, communication, and then, and then another big one that came up in my leader philosophy that I, that I think is worth sharing is, um, is what I call staying in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the fact that, um, you know, I may have 23 years in the military. I might have been at a bunch of different posts in my military career. I might have had all these experiences but I'll tell you, I still have a ton to learn. You know, that's, you always hear about it. It's the difference between a young man and an old man. A young man thinks he knows everything. Uh, an old man knows how little he actually does know. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, uh, and trust me, I know how, I, I, I think I have an appreciation for how little I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, it's, and I'll tell you, that's been the greatest part about this first, uh, these first few weeks here um, on, at Fort Meade is I've, I've been learning a ton. Um, I've been out with the police force. I've been out with the guard force. I got to spend time with the firefighters, with all the MWR businesses, with the child and youth services folks. Um, I just spent a bunch of time today with the DHRA, the DHR folks are producing ID cards and running yep. the ASAP program stuff. Yep. And I mean, wow. It's a lot to keep this place running. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and I'll, but I will tell you, it is, it is an incredible group of professionals. Um, I, I, I am thoroughly impressed with the dedication and the professionalism of the garrison workforce. Um, they, they care so much about taking care of, uh, our tenants, of our population, um, or even the retirees and everyone yeah. else that are part of the community. Um, it just, it really inspires you on a, on a day-to-day basis. What are some of the issues that you want to focus on as a garrison commander here at Fort Meade? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) I will tell you, you know, first and foremost, I think um, what is is absolutely important is the acknowledgement that um, the COVID pandemic is going to be here with us for for a while. When we really got alerted to it, um, when when the Army kind of acknowledged that it was going to be a big deal, we went all in early. You know, we, right. there, there were some big decisions made. Um, we attacked the problem. We worked a lot of long hours. And really our goal, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, really our goal was, hey, we're going to get after this. We're going to put this thing to bed by summer. <laughs> and we're going to have a fall. And we're going to be back to normal by the fall. Yeah. I mean, I think we all kind of believe that. Yeah, I, 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 certainly one and two. Yeah, <laughs> certainly one and two. Oh well, yeah, we all we all hope deep down, and honestly, the response was impressive. So we're in a unique time. So to see the army kind of, in a lot of ways, lead the way on that response has been impressive. 
We also well, tried to command it too, like you will be out by summer. Yeah, We're gonna get after yes, this, and it's gonna absolutely. be done. And then the leadership yeah. comes in. Oh, you're not leaving. <laughs> you don't want to go. Dang it. I think you nailed it right there. And, and so we, I think we approached it initially as an operation. Yeah. It was going to yeah, have sure a start did. date. It was going to have gonna an end date. date. <laughs> we we're going to defeat this enemy and then we we're going to move on. And I think, um, you know, as, as you know, you talk to the public health experts, you talk to those folks there and they tell you, yeah, there's a lot of great news on the horizon with vaccines and different things like that. But the reality is, is even with, with the work that's being done in that area, it's going to be nine, another nine months at least probably yeah, while right. we're dealing with these conditions. And so I think, as we look at how we do business here on, on the installation, we've got to take this this short-term idea of we're going to approach this like an operation and, and look at how we're going to do this over the long term. And I when I talk about it, I talk about it as operating um, under COVID conditions. It's a condition of us doing our normal business. Right. Um, so does that mean things are, st are, are going to look different for the for the foreseeable future, absolutely. You know, you're going to see masks. You're not going to be able to turn around without seeing hand sanitizer. Right. Some things that you're used to doing in person, we're probably going to we'll continue doing digitally. I mean, heck, we've 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 done better on some things digitally yeah. than we yeah. did beforehand. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know if you guys, you know, I was just down with DHR today. You know, they're producing more ID cards um, a month now than they did at ever before COVID conditions because they've got. Um, because uh, uh, they're doing it on appointments and they're mm -hmm. using their t time really efficiently. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so that's you know, so that's so that's the going in position. You know, and I think that's when I look at it. Um, you know, I, I'm not talking about getting back to normal. I'm talking about continuing to deliver our services for our uh, our partners and our patrons under COVID conditions. Right. Um, so that's that's upfront. That's number one. Shortly. You know, right behind that is, is kind of the double-headed monster of, um, you know, continuing to show gr progress for our tenants um, with housing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, depending on who you talk to, we're either past the housing crisis or we're still in it. Uh, my personal opinion is um, we owe our residents a quality of life, commensurate with their quality of service. Um, and so that I think we still got a ways to go with housing. Um, and I'm going to invest a lot of my time and energy into that. The other head, uh, the other um, challenge that goes along with that, I think, is uh, is childcare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I I see it as a sacred responsibility uh, taking care of the children that are placed in our care. And you know, I would love to be General Madison to tell you that nothing keeps me up at night. I keep other people <laughs> up at night. Uh, but in reality, you know, what does keep me up at night is uh, is operating childcare under COVID conditions. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have the utmost respect for the CYS um, staff. I, I mean, they care for their children, for those children, the, just as much as they care for their own children. Right. Yeah. They um, do. This, the COVID condition is just a challenge that, um, that, you know, we're still learning. Right. Yeah. And childcare was a challenge before COVID. Well, yes. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it just was, and not just at Fort Meade, everywhere, yeah. all over the country. You can go down to Annapolis, their wait list is just as long as ours. Yeah. And yeah. And, and then and I'll tell you, after that, um, you know, I've got a whole page of things that are floating <laughs> around in my head right now. <laughs> I can you know, imagine. You know, it's like I, it, it's like I, you know, I've told people on a number of occasions, you know, that the, the 
the amount of work will allow us grow to exceed the capacity of the staff. So, you know, my my list of thoughts and ideas and, and, and you know, I'm using my air quotes here. Yeah. The good <laughs> ideas. Um, yeah, those will I've got to I've got to figure out, you know, what's in the realm of possible. Um, but, you know, I mean, just some of the things is everything from, you know, um, education through modernization of the post soldier quality of life. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little concerned with the suicide rate here yeah. on post yeah, amongst soldiers. Um, you know, I've heard, you know, I, I've seen it myself and I've heard residents remark about some of the signage around post. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's everything, everything from the important to the to the to the small little yeah. things, you know. There's something about a dirt pile around here, too. <laughs> I yeah. heard about that. If you haven't heard about it yet, I'm sure you will. <laughs> And, so, and yeah, people, it runs the gamut for you. And people are very passionate about potholes and, oh, and stuff yeah. like that as well. <laughs> yeah. So, so that being said, um, and you, so you've been here for a few weeks now. Is that correct, sir? Yep. Yeah. So, so you've been here for a few weeks. Um, is there anything about Fort Meade that you find that surprises you or is different from what you might have originally expected? I'll be honest, I was pleasantly surprised when I first showed up here about the amount of people that were out doing PT in the mornings. <laughs> you know, you get this idea, you know, it's all it's all intel and cyber guys. And, you know, I'm an infantryman. I come from infantry, yeah, good infantry sure. posts where, you know, you get to see formations and people hut-hutting around. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to see any PT when I get here. And, that uh, might have to do with the fact all of our gyms are still yeah, restricted true. and everything. Yeah, so and, all the gyms are slow. And, but to be fair, you know, you go out on the parade field in the morning, you're always going to see PT. you're always going to see people out there PTing. Okay, but on a more serious note, I mean, I think... Um, <laughs> so do you think all the other uh, MOSs think that the infantry guys are out there doing, uh, what is that... Uh, intensity those high intensity workouts oh, those fit workouts yeah <laughs> i don't know I, I think they're just happy that we're not out chewing rocks most of the time <laughs> 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 um you know I, the thing that the thing that surprised me the most in, in all honesty is the sense of community uh and, and i say that because i was not anticipating that because most of the posts I've ever been on had a large divisional presence. There was mm -hmm. one, you know, it, this is the 10th Mountain Division's post, or this yeah. is the 82nd Airborne's division post. And so that sense of family was was very easy because everyone wore the same patch on their right. Right. shoulder. Right. Um, well, I've been really, I've been really pleasantly surprised coming here with the, you know, how well um, the partner organizations work together. I mean, I'm on, I'm on a ton of different email strings <laughs> where, you know, different commanders working together to make something happen. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the AWG commander right now, uh, Colonel Shaw, is putting together uh, a, uh, a shadow Army 10-miler, you know, oh, trying wow. to do it under COVID conditions cool. yeah. and keeping people spaced out and stuff yeah. like that. But other commanders are jumping on board saying, hey, yeah, we'll help support and do different things like that. That's fantastic. And then, yeah, I mean, and that's and that's the same sense, you know, whether it's whether it's with the just with the uniform services or whether it's with the partners from outside of post, mm -hmm. um, you know, Heck, I just got a uh, I just got a handwritten note from uh, from uh, from our the states from one of the state senators today. I cool. mean, it was just it was like wow. I mean, they were reaching out and welcoming yeah. welcoming me to Team Me. It was like, well, That's thank awesome. you, <laughs> thank yes. you, yeah. Senator. You know, it's like um, yes, our 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 senators, our congressmen, and our you know local uh, legislators. Uh, very well connected to us, and yeah. they're definitely part of the team. Absolutely, there's a lot of great work we couldn't get done without them for sure. Absolutely. When you learned you were coming to command the garrison, what was your first reaction? 
<laughs> Give us the so, P, the PG version. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. So you know, first and foremost, you know, I, this is not the party line. It's going to sound like it, but it's not the party line. First and foremost, I was absolutely honored and humbled to be chosen for command. Uh, I will tell you, you know, you look, you know, coming up, you look at those lists, and you know, at, at levels really below the 06 command list, there's, you know, occasionally you're like. Really? That guy? Um, but uh, <laughs> when I saw the 06 command list, I was like, holy cow, this this is a group bunch of superstars. I didn't see a single dud on that list. I didn't see a single peer of mine that I that I had any question about. I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm really honored to be counted amongst this group of guys That's and awesome. gals. I will be honest, Garrison was not <laughs> what I was hoping for. Um, I, you know, it is it's it, it wasn't my comfort zone. I spent yeah. twenty three yeah, years, that makes sense. you know, yeah. running around the woods with infantrymen on armored vehicles, jumping out of planes, telling people what to do and have them listening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And you know, I I just got out of an hour and a half meeting about childcare. Yeah, which, you know, it, it's it's a much different experience. It's a very different thing. Yeah. Um, the very second thought that I had when I came out was, man, I better get over there to Fort Meade because I don't think I'd ever step foot on the post before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sure you, you'll love it and you'll learn to uh, love the endearing term of mayor of Fort Meade. Um, <laughs> if you haven't heard it yet, you will. Yeah. So I, it's coming. I, I think my wife was really excited when they called her the first lady of Fort Meade. She, uh, uh, she was, she was kind of surprised by that in the change of command ceremony. Well, we're going to, since you brought that up, <laughs> yeah. since you brought up, you know, spouses do have an impact with the commands here at Fort Meade. And for the first time in Fort Meade's history, our garrison commander, your wife, is also a colonel and also a commander. So that is like, to me, as a woman, I think that is like the coolest <laughs> dynamic. Yeah, so, it's super cool. So does that make you the first husband of her <laughs> command? <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, that's often a question that comes up when, uh, when she assumes command is they ask me, uh, so you want to lead our, uh, our family readiness group? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, no, I, I'll tell you, I one first and foremost, I couldn't be more proud of my wife. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell you, um, it is, it has been absolutely wonderful. Um, growing up in the army with her and watching her succeed. Um, I couldn't, I, I couldn't be more proud. Um, you know, we, it, it's been an interesting, uh, life. I mean, we've been married for, for 20, well, this 19 years now we're going on wow. our next anniversary awesome. our, is our 20th anniversary. That's cool. Um, so basically since we were, we were young captains, you know, we got married, uh, uh just before the spring before nine 11. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, the dual military, the uh, married army couples program, has been absolutely fantastic for us. Um, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that unless I believed it. I mean, we've we've PCS together every single time. We uh, when we deployed, we deployed within a couple months of each other. To the, we always got deployed to the same country, um, not necessarily you know, not together in the country, yeah. right. but to the same country, and. Um, we always got to go to school together, and you know, in really, That's awesome. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. 
And she's a commander here at Fort Meade, too, yeah. at one of our tenants. Absolutely. And, and, that's, and that's where I was headed was that, um, you know, generally you get to the 06 level. When you both come out on the command list, you're like, okay, babe, we're going to be separated. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the list came out. We both ended up at Fort Meade. And that's like, too well, cool. That's someone great. was looking out for us. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, does it's, create some interesting home dynamics. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, it's all Army all the time at, at our house. Um, I, I will tell you, there's, it's probably couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good, yeah. though. That's good, though. That's healthy, you know? Well, and that's and it's, and it's kind of been our take. You know, we we have our own ideas of what work-life balance is because I think it's different for everyone. Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and basically our going-in rule is um, when you leave work, you leave work at work. Yeah. And yeah. when you're home, you're present. Right. You know, it's good so, advice. That yeah. is real good. Good um, life advice. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, for us, there there may be a little bit of work talk at home, but it's usually about venting about your day. Yeah. Sure. You know? yeah. And you just that kind of mutual support. And then once that's done, it's about, you know, fighting over whose Netflix uh, <laughs> list we're going to watch that night or, nice. you know. Whose turn it is to uh, to to clean up the kitchen, you know? So yeah, it's all just very important things. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. I can just tell you, I take orders well. So <laughs> <laughs> well, and I and I also find it interesting too that you're Colonel Christopher Nyland, and she's Colonel Christy <laughs> Nyland, and I can I can only imagine how conversations go, because uh you know at some point we hope to have you both on the podcast together yeah, that would be amazing. and i'd be like how would i even do that <laughs> yeah well, colonel th- ma'am and colonel sir <laughs> to make things even more interesting when uh in 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 her household with her parents they call her chris too oh so, wow. yeah, yeah well that's what i'm saying like yeah she probably somebody probably calls her that so well this is in and, and this is the, the hilarity that ensues from this kind of stuff. So it literally, so we, we have yet, so I owe, I owe the housing folks over at Corvius an email because they asked me about a month ago what we want our sign that goes in front of our house to oh, read. Yeah. And we still haven't settled on it. So, you know, if, if, if anyone out there has any thoughts or ideas, you know, we're, we're going back and forth between should it read the Colonel's Nyland or Ooh, I like that. Colonel and Colonel Nyland. So we're trying to, we, 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 that's kind of the, the, the yeah. last two finalists. That's fantastic. We should look up the, uh, how it would go like on uh, wedding invites and stuff. Because I think oh, the Colonel's yeah. Nyland is I appropriate. Like yeah. It almost sounds like it could be a TV show. But <laughs> if, you put, if you put like Colonel's Chris and Chris Nyland, they'll be where I think it's a typo. Or if you put Colonel... Yeah. Well, see, that's how, what, how, that's how, what how much space do you have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the space. Well, and that's, that's what we're worried about because it was like Colonel Chris and Christine Island. Well, then, you know, that usually, that's how some how you would do it. Yeah. If she wasn't also a colonel. Right. So it's Colonel Chris Island and Colonel Christine Island. Well, that's too long. Right. You know, and then so yeah, so literally we went through about fifteen or twenty variations. Just that's going, great. How do we do this right? So <laughs> the um, things the things we have to come up with, you know. <laughs> So, sir, uh, um, I want to ask, what are you looking forward to the most during your time here at Fort Meade? Well, I'll, I will tell you, um, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. When I was a, when I was a young officer, I really enjoyed, um, you know, I get, my passion came from watching young soldiers grow and develop and achieve. And I think, um, I think I'm excited to um, 
continue that theme, but with a different audience, you know? Okay. So, um, I, I believe, you know, one of, one of my things in my leader philosophy is about, I call it being a good ancestor and it's about, um, helping people grow and develop in their own ways. You know, um, you know, there isn't, there isn't, there isn't necessarily strict career paths for civilian employees like there are, like there is in the military. Um, but you know, I hope to, to help people grow and develop in however way I, however I can. Um, so that's absolutely one part of it. I'll tell you on a, on a personal note, I'm excited to get out and explore Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, this, you know, first time ever living in Maryland. Um, we spent the last three years down in Virginia deliberately avoiding coming up north because <laughs> it, it, no no the, the reason why is because we knew we were moving up here right. uh -huh. and so we wanted to hold off on exploring Save it all up here okay. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Makes so sense. i figured it's just the traffic no no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, well, so we explored south when we lived in virginia fair enough yeah. um, so we've got a couple good friends uh civilians who live in uh in columbia okay and so oh, they're cool. excited to kind of get us out and you know take us hiking and kayaking explore maryland pennsylvania that this whole area up here maybe get over to delaware i don't know so um uh, i i want to i want to ask one one thing that uh, about you that maybe you would like the community to know or maybe the community might have interest in <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little bit of a closet science fiction nerd it's it's not a bad thing no. um you know I, I i only keep it in the closet because you know it's not generally the persona most infantrymen think of when they look <laughs> when they look towards their leadership and their commanders but it's been grabbed by the by the staff and now anytime <laughs> uh, anytime they run into someone who also is a sci-fi guy they're like oh did you know the colonel's a sci-fi guy too you know? <laughs> I, I think it's different my husband's an infantry guy and he also very well, much loves the sci-fi so y'all just need to come out of the closet with it and just I, mean, I think i think you're right that's I think right more. that's right i mean let's be honest if it was uh, if it was something that was meant to be in the closet why is there so many great movies out there? Why are there so many great so much comic good books? All, all this stuff. I mean, now, so there's exactly. a cool uh, sci-fi movie I just watched uh, called Project Power on Netflix. Oh, yeah. 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 Did you check it that. out? I, I haven't watched it yet. I saw I the previews. To watch it's, that. it's pretty good. Yeah. I'm not a. I mean, I'm not a huge sci-fi person, but maybe I'm starting to become yeah. one because <laughs> I watched it without my husband, and yeah. I thought it was actually interesting. It's very. It has a military theme behind it yeah. and yeah. everything. So yeah. The previews so. look pretty edgy. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I I really loved what I saw. It's a little. It seems like a little darker. It's definitely for adults. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Um, Maybe but we'll watch it with you your know, kids, Joe. Don't being, do that. Being a huge <laughs> Marvel fan and, and and DC fan, it's definitely more in the DC line of things yeah, where it's a yeah. little darker, a little yeah. edgier. But uh, that it looks really awesome. I can't wait to watch it. So, absolutely. The only big thing I really want people to know is that um, is that I care. You know, and that sounds a little trite to say it like that. Um, but I, you know, when, you know, during the change of command ceremony, uh, Colonel Sprague had some very eloquent words to say about the, uh, the garrison staff here. And, uh, and he used a ton of different examples to demonstrate how deeply, uh, the staff cared. And, uh, and that really resonated with me. I had never, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms before. Um, and, uh, and to hear someone put into words what I've felt um, but I've never expressed. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, it was pretty powerful. And so um, it, 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 I mean it when I tell people that is, is I do care. And I, I care passionately about, um, about the service members, about the families. 
Watch for Colonel Nyland's Commander's Column on Digital Me. You can also check out his full bio on our website at home.army.mil forward slash All right, today, Joe, I am so excited. We are talking to a very cool person. Works at DISA, Defense Information Systems Agency here at Fort Meade. Which is already pretty cool. Which is, which is pretty cool but also happens to be a former Ravens cheerleader. Yeah. Th- now, that, that's got to be a cool gig. That's got to be a pretty sweet gig. We're going to find out. Yeah. So uh, Chris Riley is a program manager at the Defense Information Systems Agency. That's DISA, folks. Uh, you know, you've seen it. You've probably driven by it. Chris, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks. Yeah. And I have to say, I, I, I first met Chris last football season when the Ravens came to Fort Meade did this awesome kids combine, and there was players, there was kids, there was football, there was the big giant raven eyes, there was a DJ. It was po. awesome. Don't forget Poe was there. Poe oh, yeah. po po was cool. there. Uh-huh. We had lots Mission, of fans out. Mission Barbecue was there. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again with Mission Barbecue. Food always comes up in these things, so yeah. feel free to talk about food. But... <laughs> Chris, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. So events like that really are what made that experience kind of worth it. Um, I, I went out and made sure that I always attended and volunteered for all the military-related events when I did the cheerleading thing. Because I've been a federal employee for almost 20 years now, wow. 15 years of service at least. Um, and I've been at DISA since 2014. Before that, I was at the Defense Threat Reduction Agency at Fort Belvoir. Um, I've been at the Census Bureau, NASA, and FDIC. Wow. Wow. So gotten all around in the I always thought it was I always was under this impression that DISA was like this Google of the DOD. Yeah. And it was the place if you were in IT that you needed to get to. And it's not that different from that. Um, (laughs) certainly the dress code's probably a little bit different, but the mission area and the stuff we do is equally as cool. So um, so when I got to DISA, I came I started off in uh, public key infrastructure. Uh, that's the DOD's kind of crypto unit. Okay. All of the certification, the credentials, authentication uh, that we use to communicate. Okay. Right. And then uh, they asked me to take over this thing called SETI, which is the Systems Engineering Technology Innovation Contract. And essentially what it is is uh, a giant IDIQ contract where requirement owners, IDIQ is an indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity type contract where you can award multiple task orders. Fun. And uh, everybody who has an engineering requirement across the Department of Defense can compete that requirement through our contract vehicle. So what exactly, because you're the program manager for this, correct? True. So what? I'm ex- the third program manager in a long line of program oh, managers. Oh, okay. Well, what, what does it mean to be the program manager? So DISA has a huge amount of mission spaces. Um, we do stuff from standardized mobility to um, information security, information assurance, um, artificial intelligence, defense spectrum management, um, emerging technologies, and... Every one of those unique kind of mission areas has a program manager associated to it. And the program manager is, the boss is the wrong word, but it's uh, the person who's in charge of all the planning, budgeting, execution of the mission in which that program is responsible for. Okay. So there's probably almost, I'd say probably 300, 500 program managers across this in our various mission spaces. And we're just responsible for these little Babies, if you will, of program areas. And each of us has a unique budget that is associated to it. 
and a unique mission that we're responsible for. So you brought up a lot of very cool sounding things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially, especially if you understand tech and if you understand, you know, how how techy the uh, the DoD really is, because they do a lot of cool things behind the scenes. Not everybody's really up on. So what's the coolest thing about your job? So I was a techie. And to, to understand what I do now, you don't need to be a techie. And in fact, it behooves you probably not to be. But it helps me, helped me build this program for techies because I used to be one of those guys working in the server room. I was a sysadmin years ago. And now they threw me into this new world of acquisitions. And acquisitions is a major thing that we do in the Department of Defense, particularly at DISA. So um, the coolest thing is being able to look at these mission spaces that are full of techies, that are full of the smartest people that you're going to be associated with in various IT areas, and help them solve their problems with contracts that they would have not been able to navigate that landscape of DOD acquisitions previously. So being able to speak tech and speak acquisitions allows for their requirements to be met, I think, in a more effective way. So you, you help bridge the gap between the technical folks and... That's exactly what I am. Yeah. I, am, I, I hold both hands. I, I, uh, we have a, a contracting organization at DISA called the Defense Information Technology Contracting Organization, otherwise known as DITCO. I have one hand in DITCO, <laughs> and I have one hand in the Development and Business Center, which does all the dev, all the development, all the IR&D for DISA. Boy, do we love our acronyms. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to make sure I spell those out. No, no. We bit. really appreciate that because I, I'm over here and so my, the wheels are spinning, but not everything's connecting. So the I appreciate you. The only one I think you. I didn't articulate was R&D, which is internal research and development. Ah, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Everyone else, I've tried to make sure I do the put it in parentheses before I use it again in a sentence. Yeah. The good news is we can uh, always Google them as well and get pretty close. I, I've been here. I've worked in federal government. Uh, just a few years, and I still catch myself Googling, what does da-da-da-da yeah. mean oh, in yeah. the Army? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remind me, I'll send you my, my running DOD acronym list. So now we've learned a little bit about your day job. Yeah. <laughs> Last season, you were a cheerleader for the Ravens. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> no yeah. big deal. Yeah. But it no is big a big deal, deal. right? That's amazing. It was really cool. and That is pretty particularly cool. Particularly if, if you're a Ravens fan like I am. I was born and bred a Ravens fan since 96. Always lived in Baltimore. Um, I always kind of wanted to, to do that. I always saw them. So, yeah, the Ravens thing, um, like I said, I've, I've been a fan forever. I've been going to games since they, they uh, came to Baltimore. Um, and I cheered in college. Yes. Which is pretty Good cool. Good old so Syracuse. I graduated college some time ago. Yes. It was not a, an immediate transition from college to uh, cheering for the Ravens. But I did go to Syracuse University. I'm a proud alum. I do yes. as much as I can for the Me local alumni too. associations. Plug for Syracuse. It's literally the best communication school in the country. Absolutely. Also, what many people <laughs> don't know, and I speak this as an IT professional, it is the number one IT graduate program in the country. As really? Well. Really? So it, Newhouse gets all the, yes. the press for Syracuse, but their IT program well, is just as great. It's because yeah. we're way cooler. Yeah, and, a little and bit. Syracuse has a good relationship with the Department of Defense too. Absolutely, yeah. I was just going to yeah. say that there is a lot. There are a lot of Syracuse folks walking have, around here because yeah. they have a um, amazing, as many universities do, have an amazing. Um, Veterans program, yeah. and they would do a lot of work with our active duty. But they and also such. have training with industry. 
through Syracuse, don't they? Yeah, so you have, uh, yeah. Both, you have IBM yeah. up there. There's yeah. General Electric up there. Uh, when I when we were there, uh, Fort Drum's right there. And so yeah. Yeah, the Syracuse true. Athletics programs do a lot of, of you know bilateral work with Fort Drum, just as we do the Ravens here with yep. Fort Meade and Aberdeen and so forth. So I think one of the questions that I have, and I'm sure other people have too, is is – what kind of training goes into being a cheerleader? So, I mean, you've, you've done it in college. You did it with the Ravens. Right. How do you get to be that? So I can tell you, so I'm in my mid-30s now, uh, throwing girls 20 feet in the air and holding them above your head for a couple minutes with one or two arms was a lot easier when I was 20 and 21. Of course, yeah. <laughs> one or two arms. <laughs> I, uh, I opted to focus on career out of college, focus on family. Uh, I have a wonderful wife who went to Syracuse as well and two nice. beautiful daughters, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Who will also go to Syracuse. Who might <laughs> see tuition just went up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and so I took uh, 12 years off between wow. cheering my last game in college and my tryout in Baltimore. Um, so it was really scary. I trained for about a year with my old college workouts before I tried out for the Ravens. You know, the biggest thing was I needed to get the wife's approval. And so of I had course, to make yeah. sure that my, my kids were at a place where – you know, they were stable and they wanted me to do it. Um, I had gone to a game the previous year with my three-year-old at the time and my wife, and we were sitting in the stands and, you know, I'm pointing to her at the cheerleaders on the, on the field and saying, you know, my daughter's name is Renner. Daddy used to do that. And my wife's like, she's not going to believe you unless you prove it to her. <laughs> so lo and behold, I decided Ch- to prove it to her and a year Challenge later. Challenge accepted. Challenge there accepted. you go. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, there's no better way to indoctrinate your children into a, a, a team, a sports team, than to put yourself in that sports yeah, team, right. make yourself yeah. a member of it. And so she would come to many of the games and, and cheer me on. Um, and so now she is, you know, full-blooded Ravens fan. Awesome. That's awesome. All I could have asked for. Now That's she, fantastic. And I knew it was re- it was time for me to end this season because she said to me that, Daddy, I want to sit in the stands with you next year. Aww. And so I was like, okay. Oh, okay. you can't say no and to that. That. Was before, right? that was before the pandemic. So I, right. I was, and, you know, it was yeah. a tough decision. Of course. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, my, my younger daughter, I, I figured maybe I'll do it again when she gets older. So I'm not totally retired. Okay. I told my coach this. I Maybe I'll come back in a couple of years and also use it as an excuse to stay in shape. But okay. to the training program, it's re- it was really tough. I was probably the least in shape person at come tryouts. Tryouts started in March. Uh, of every year, and they're brutal. They're way harder than I ever thought, ever remembered them being in college. Um, I was the guy on all fours basically through the tryout tr- trying to catch my breath. Um, the majority of the team is much younger. They've been doing this more consistently. Right. The people on the, on the Ravens organization are the best cheerleaders in the country. And these, these folks come from all-star programs across the country, and all-stars is like the travel soccer, travel Right, lacrosse yeah. of cheerleading. It's where the best of the best are, and so everybody on the team was just incredibly talented. I think they picked up my story a little bit that I was this old dad trying to get into <laughs> it who was a Ravens fan, and they liked that. And I can hold my own a little bit, so you know, it worked out. I mean, there's movies like that. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, like you could you could be a, the star of a movie. It was a little bit of a comeback story. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe I, I told my coach maybe I'll try again when I'm 40. Maybe they'll make that even that would a be awesome. comeback story. <laughs> oh, my that goodness. would be pretty cool. But there are guys on the team that are incredibly athletic and awesome people that are in their 40s. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of them. Have, I was the only person on the team really that had a you know kids and a wife right. and the whole yeah other yeah. responsibilities. It's a lot of dedication to be a part of those teams. Yeah. So time yeah. was it's a, it's a lot of time. We yeah. practice two days a week, 
three hours each of those days. You're expected to be in the gym on the other non-practice days. Game days are incredibly intensive. You're going from 8 a.m. to, if it's a 1 o'clock game, you're getting out of there at 5 or 6. Um, so it's a, And you have a full practice on game day before the game. Wow. Wow. It was, but it, there's just this energy. There's, a, there's non-tangible energy that everybody has on game days that just oh. that force you through the, the grind and the hours that it takes right. to do yeah. it, it's, it's, it's like nothing I've ever experienced. Before. It's like a, if you're a performer. It's that energy you get just right before you go on the stage or right before you do whatever it is you're going to do. It just... It's amazing, and like you stress and freak out and everything up until that moment, and then yeah. boom, you're on. It is the the crowd, and the, you get so much from it from the crowd. Yeah, um, and your teammates as well. It's 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 a very empowering sport. It's one of those sports that literally everybody says that you have to trust your teammates in every sport, and it's one of the most important right. tenets of any sport. Cheerleading, it really is life and death if you don't trust. Uh, your yeah. Teammates, right? yeah. Oh my sure. gosh. I mean, we are responsible for the safety and the livelihood of our partners. So each of us really is assigned a female cheerleader uh, throughout the season that you work with, that you hone, that you, um, you know, finesse each individual partner stunt, and they put their their lives in your hands and trust that you're going to catch them, that you're going to hold them, that you are stable. Um, Because you're really tossing them up there. Trust is no no joke. It's one of the most important aspects of the Ravens. What is the hardest thing about being on the squad? For, so it's everybody's different. For me, it's the time commitment for sure. Uh, yeah. As 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 a working full time working parent. Right. Uh, everybody on the team does have full time jobs. Uh, really. Yes. I wouldn't. I, I. A lot of people are surprised to hear that. Yeah. But it's true. Everybody has their own gig. We've got incredibly unique and, and interesting people on the team. Um, a lot of the Ravens cheerleaders are nurses and teachers. And, wow. Uh, they work in sales or PR, uh, marketing, real estate, and. Um, my best friend on the team ended up was he was a uh, a government employee. I mean, there's so we've got huh. folks all over the board. That's huh. awesome. The time commitment is tough, so you got to be ready for it, and you got to have the support of your family to do it. My wife was I don't know six months pregnant when I started trying out, so she we knew we had a plan in place that we were going to have family help to make sure oh, on my wow. practice days and on my game days that we were going to have extra help for her. She could I mean she was the only reason that I was able to do this because yeah. Can't can't, can't do it. Them. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. And and she, you know she was just the best through it. And so and a week after my second daughter was born, she, my wife was at my first game. Oh, so, so yes, got, I love it. You got there, there are tough things about it, but you, if you have the support of the loved ones around you, sure, it's totally worth it. And then my group of guy friends were just like super geeky about it. They all, you know, they we've been going to games together since we were in high school. So for me to be on the field. <laughs> Their support and their kind of thinking this was really neat was also made me yeah. on the special. Yeah. So, you, you you brought up that that your wife made it to your first uh, your first game yeah. while you're on the field. So I I would probably say that's probably one of your favorite memories of. It's cool, uh, yeah. Because I she her and I started dating in the last part of of senior year in college, and she only vaguely knew that I was somewhat a pretty good at this sport. And so she came, <laughs> and so for and I, you know I've been and I a guy would I talked about it for the past twelve years. So when she came to my first game and she saw me hold another human being with one arm above my head, I think she was like, "Oh my god, he's not full of it." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you had some other cool moments too, though. I know um, you sent us some great pictures carrying the flag, running out onto the field. Yeah. I mean. 
that seems like that would be pretty awesome, especially during, what was it, the conference championships yeah, that so was, you got to do that? It was the one playoff game that we hosted, okay. uh, second round of the playoffs. And little insider fact, the reason I was a rookie last season, so the reason I got to run the American flag out the tunnel on the Ravens' last home game of the season last year was because I won the Ravens Cheerleading Fantasy Football Championship. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's how they fix things like that. I our, love our it. Team captain, he was, you know, he was the commissioner of a fantasy football league. I said, "Look, Cap, if I if I end up winning this championship, can I have the flags? I had always wanted to run the American flag out the tunnel. It's the coolest thing. It yeah. is so cool. And it's that traditionally awesome. only given as a right to veterans, and you have to kind of earn that that yeah. thing. I had run one of the big Ravens flags before. That's fun too. Sure. But it's nothing like being the first one out the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a night game, that AFC game, that AFC playoff game. Was, it was at night. The Ravens have these new LED lights where the whole stadium goes dark before the team runs out. So the whole stadium is black. There's smoke coming up from the tunnel right in front of me where I'm standing there with the American oh, flag. It's like I'm picturing it right yeah, now. That's Behind exactly me what's are happening. the Maryland flag and then four large Ravens flags, right. the rest of the cheerleaders and the entire Ravens football team sitting there. Just amping themselves just up ready. when they're yeah, when they're all like bouncing <laughs> around and yeah exactly. grunting and all everything. That's yep. you. I can't see in front of me where I'm going. <laughs> oh no! My first time out of the tunnel by myself. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's it's covered in smoke. I can't see the field, so I'm nervous as all. <laughs> so yeah. many things could yeah. go wrong. Because essentially, what you what you think about when this happens is the worst case scenario. Right. That means that I'm going to trip. Every flag's going to run on top of me. The cheerleaders are going to run on top of me, and then all the football players are going to run on top of me. And that's going to be how I. And that's, that's it. That's going to be how I go. Yeah. <laughs> this is it, girls. So, Daddy's so gone. With that in my mind, you know, the heart is coming out of your chest. <laughs> Thankfully, coach yells, "Go, go, go!" Out the stop, out the smoke. I run with the American flag. Team is behind me. They blow fireworks up around the stadium. Pictures are going everywhere, and you just go to the 50-yard line in the middle, start waving the flag. And it's, it's the most patriotic I've ever felt. It was, <laughs> it was the cherry on top of my entire experience. Awesome. That's awesome. It's very cool. That's got to feel incredible. <laughs> and thankfully, I got some good pictures from it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, of course. I mean, that game definitely was televised and well-photographed. And... I made sure that my family attended that playoff game as well. My That's sister awesome. went above and beyond and spent a boatload on tickets to make sure she was there nice. and i gave her a telephoto lens i was like i don't know if the professional ravens photographer is going to get these shots but i need you to get somebody you need to get these shots and not on your and cell phone did. it was great uh, what sure. uh so this year i mean football season right around the corner days yeah. away how how's covid dealing with all this so i helped work cheerleading tryouts in march 2020 they asked me to come and just volunteer and assist. I wasn't. I knew I wasn't trying out again. Just wanted to help out and practice with the rookies and make sure mm-hmm. they feel comfortable if they have any questions. So I was at cheerleading tryouts with it was probably 350 folks trying out for the 2020 cheerleading team in March, first week of March 2020. A week later, bada bing, bada boom, we're all shut down across the board. Right. Last week, the Ravens announced their final roster. So from March to early August. People were in limbo what was going on right. in yeah. the season. Uh, lo and behold, they've decided at, as the cheerleading organization to only allow veterans back because they couldn't. We had to go to camp. You have to do training camp for right. cheerleading. You, there's a lot of stuff to prepare yourself for the season. So they couldn't do any of that. So it's only veterans that are returning this year. They are not allowed to be on the field. To my understanding, they're not allowed to stunt because that 
stunting means that you're throwing girls right. in the air. That obviously you can't do socially distance. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you just have uh, to throw them six feet or higher. Right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they're not doing any of those things. So a lot, a lot of the folks have kind of backed up because it's just it's a different experience. Um, and they're trying to make the best of it that they can. The cheerleaders in the NFL, they just released yesterday, the NFL Network came out and reported that cheerleaders for every team are not allowed on field. Um, so there is no game day entertainment staff that's allowed on field. So mascots, cheerleaders, bands, oh. et cetera. Oh, all wow. wow. Each team is doing it differently. The Ravens are, are letting the entertainment staff stay in the stands for now. Okay. Okay. So they'll probably have a segment quarantined out for them to do some sort of, of entertainment. Uh, obviously, you're not going to be throwing stunts in those metal stands, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. We don't know how many folks are going to be allowed in. I don't think any team's made that decision yet. Yeah. Um, I do. My personal opinion is that there's certainly going to be a season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, there will be a season. <laughs> we just I, I. We just don't know what that looks like. Betting guess is that it would be with fans, but who knows? Yeah. And maybe there yeah. will be. We'll see. Maybe yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, yeah. It would. It'll be. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. I'm. I'm really curious to see how how they do that. I mean, cheerleaders are in the bands, especially. Yeah. Are a huge part of football. Sure. Um. You know, for, for some people, it's the only reason they go to a football game is to watch the bands and the cheerleaders. That's right. Um, I did not realize how many people were like that. But I, I couldn't tell you how many folks came up to us and said, we're here to watch you guys. Oh, so abs- that's pretty cool. That's absolutely. Pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. The and only reason I went to football games when I was in high school is because I was in the band. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that the people who would be there if they could are watching from home. So it would be great yeah. to see what they do with yeah. the cheerleaders yeah. and, and the band and everything. And so. I hope for my teammates' sake that they have a really great experience for yeah. the season. Um, yeah. And then we hopefully we'll get back to normal at some point. Yeah. But I don't, you know, selfishly, I think I'm super glad that I got to run the flag out of the tunnel in the last of course. game. Yeah. Gosh knows, maybe they won't let the cheerleaders back on the field for some time. And yeah. So. Good timing, lucky timing on my end, I guess. But yes, and now just time to. So, when you said that you were there um, for tryouts, helping the rookies, so are you doing some sort of coaching, or are you just? No, I was just there as a veteran okay. presence to cool. answer questions. A lot of the rookie guys come in. They're like, we don't have any. You know, what's this about? How hard is this? Uh, what's the time commitment? What stunt should I be able to perform? You know, what should I use at tryouts to make the team? Um, a lot of the rookie girls have never. A lot of girls who try out for the Ravens have only done all girls something before. Okay. Never done co-ed, so we'll go in there as veterans and help them acclimate themselves to one-on-one kind of stunting. Wow. Okay. Uh, which is very different than having three girls beneath you versus right. just one hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would think so. So yeah, I, I'm offering my assistance to my coach forever and ever as long as she wants it or needs it. To That's say, awesome. Look, I'm, I'm bought in. I love it. You That's pretty awesome. I love it. I think, I think I'm a bigger Ravens fan now. You know, that's what I wanted to walk out of here with. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Cheers to you guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, and, and good luck to the Ravens this year. Getting ready to start. We, we like the Ravens here, the yeah. Baltimore teams or the Fort Meade teams. So we're excited to see how they do this year. And we look Fans forward to or not. Yeah, we look forward to whatever they provide us with everything that's going on. So thanks yeah. for being here, Chris. They're going to give us at least a show for this year. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Take care, guys. That's it for today's episode of Fort Meade Declassified. Connect with us on Digital Meade, the garrison's new home for news and events. You can find it on our website at home.army.mil forward slash Meade, where you can also find up-to-date information on COVID-19.